You've tuned into His Name Ministries Podcast. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Carlos. Thankful for Pastor Carlos, aren't you? Full of, full of love, full of joy. Always has a smile on his face. And, uh, of course, his wife, too, Pastor Maria. And uh, no one's like Pastor Maria. She's special. And uh, I'm just, I'm excited for this morning. I'm thankful for Pastor Frank, Pastor Mercy, as they're on a little getaway vacation. And I'm excited about that. They need, you know, even our pastors, they need, even Pastor Frank, you could say he's a little bit older, but he still needs vacations, okay? Can I get an amen on that? And he's enjoying himself, and he's probably talking to everyone he sees and asking them all types of questions. But that's Pastor Frank, and I love it. He, uh, he doesn't just preach a message. He lives the message. He's full of love. And I, I think that's one of the most, I would say, one of the most scariest places to be is when you're uh, not living a message. You're not living the Word of God. Uh, you're in between, you know, and that's where the enemy can come after you. But uh, this isn't just something that we come to on a Sunday morning to go to church or a Wednesday night or a Bible study or we don't just, you know, read it when we have, read the Bible when we have to. No, we, we live the Bible. It's not just a Sunday morning thing or a Wednesday night. It's Monday morning when we need him. It's Tuesday morning. It's, it's all throughout the, your work day. You're pumping gas and you're loving on Jesus. It is our lifestyle not trying to work it up, not trying to make it happen, just living in that place. Amen. Jesus lived in that place. When Jesus preached to the thousands, after he preached to the thousands, he didn't go away and say, all right, boys, come on, let's talk. Let's, let's relax. I don't want to talk about ministry and all that. No, he, he went off into the mountain, and he prayed to his father. He, what was he? He was showing, he was exemplifying a place where he lived. And a lot of people get hurt by Christians. A lot of people get hurt by preachers because the preachers or the Christians are not living in that place. They're trying to work it up. They, they, they preach one thing, but when they're off the pulpit, they act completely different. And we are called to live in this place. And we do it through the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, Lord, we thank you for this service this morning. We thank you for the anointing of God, the presence of God, that we never be the same. You speak through me, that they don't hear my words. Let them hear your words. That we leave here encouraged. That we leave, we leave here full of faith. That we leave here full of love refreshed. Thank you, Lord, for helping us, using us. That will never be the same when we leave outside these four walls, that we never be the same. But you're always there with us. You're always watching over us and helping us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. It's good to be back home. Destiny and I, we were gone for over a month, seeing my family, spending time with them, and you know, it's good to see your family, but sometimes a month can be too long. <laughs> no, no, it was great. Everyone, we were so busy. You know, my, where my family lives, 
they have a farm in Arkansas. So just to drive into town takes 45 minutes. One way. So every day I'm driving about three hours, going everywhere. You know, California girl can't stand the farm too long. <laughs> hey, let's go shopping. Okay, let's go. But we had a wonderful time. We also did some ministry. We uh, went to Tulsa, Oklahoma and preached. My family has a church there. My uncle's the pastor. And it's amazing what God's doing there. That church is blowing up. They, uh, they're about to go to multiple services because they have to. My uncle doesn't want to, but they have no room in the service. There's about 500 people that go, five to 600 people. God's really moving. And we had a powerful service there. We were actually supposed to come back sooner, and they reached out to me and said, Brandon, would you want to preach Sunday morning? They gave me the date, and we were supposed to leave by three days before. So I said, okay, let's do it. So we extended our trip, and we saw to preach there. We saw God move in such a way. It was supernatural. And our ministry, uh, everything went up a higher level. Higher level. And, and I was just so stirred about that. What God did, God moved, God touched people's lives. You know, that church they, they give, you know, when they have special guest speakers come, and they, they sow into these special guest speakers. And they, and they sow a good amount of money. But I, I preached, and then they, at the very end, they took up an offering for me. Let me tell you, that offering they took up for us was like five times more than any offering they've ever received for anybody. Supernatural. Then a young man came up to me after service. He said, you really bless me. You encourage me. I have to meet with you. God's moving on me. I have to, I have to meet with you. I got to give you something. And to be honest, I thought he was going to give me like a sword, a novelty sword. When you travel, when you go to churches, people say, hey, gonna, I want to give you something. You have no idea what it will be. Uh, it could be a bird bath. This is a beautiful bird bath for my great grandmother, and I'm like, how am I gonna take that home? <laughs> so I gotta meet with you, and I said, okay. So I gave him my number, and then he texts me, "Are you at your hotel?" I said, yes. So I met him in the lobby, and he gave me an envelope full of money, packed full. He said, "God, young guy, God spoke to me to sow into you." What is that? That's our God taking care of us. A super, we serve a supernatural God. He will take care, like he took care of us, he will take care of you. No matter what. And God uses people to take care of you. It's us believing it, us saying, Lord, I trust you, and you're always watching over me, and you're always going to provide for everything. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm going to work. I'm a little discouraged. But that's when you get in the Word of God. That's when you pray. That's when you put on your little worship music. And that's when you say, God, you have this under control. You are taking care of this. If you're not living in this place, uh, this lifestyle of serving Jesus, spending time in the, in the Word and worship, then you can't expect that. 
And that's a tough place to be. When you have to rely on your own self. And when you rely on your own self, that's not going to do any good. But we can rely on Jesus. Jesus relied on his Father. We rely upon him. You need joy? Look to Jesus. I don't look just to my wife for joy. Thank God she, you know, being with her, I have joy and I'm excited. But I look to Jesus as my source for joy. You need love? Look to Jesus. He will never, ever let you down. People will. He won't. People will. He will never let you down as you trust him. So I want to preach this morning for the next two hours and 45 minutes. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Pastor Ricky said, I want you to preach all day, so no. But I, I want to I preach on this. I feel led of the Lord has been stirring in my spirit uh, even before I was asked to preach, uh, to minister here. And I was just meditating on it. Even for, for me, you know, as, as preachers, it's, you need to practice what you preach. And this is what's just been stirring in my spirit. And it's this. The title is this, Living a Refreshing Life. You and I are called to live a refreshing life life. You see a lot of Christians today, they're not living a refreshing life. But we are called to live in this place of a refreshing life. The word refreshing means this, having the power to restore freshness, vitality, energy, reviving, I believe today as we're here, this is what's going to happen. We're going to leave outside these four walls. We're going to feel fresh. We're going to have energy. We're going to be excited. Why? Because our God is a God that refreshes his people. He doesn't just leave you broken down and doesn't leave you hurting and, and having no hope. No, he's a God that will refresh you. And he's calling us to live in this refreshing And he is the only thing that can refresh us. Everything else that you try to refresh you besides Jesus, you'll keep being thirsty. How how do I know that? You would say, maybe, Brandon, how do you know that? Go to Los Angeles. Go to L.A. Walk the Hollywood Boulevard. Look at what you see. You see some creatures. You see people that are homeless that are full, uh, addicted to drugs, and they're not even there. Why? Because they were hungry for something. They were thirsty for something. Uh, maybe their lifestyle before, they had the house, they had money, but now they, they got addicted to that substance, and they just use that substance, and they're looking for something to satisfy them. But only one person can refresh you. That's Jesus. So living a refreshing life. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Amen. So Peter and John, you know this story. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, 
Jesus has died on the cross. He's raised up from the, from the grave. Holy Spirit's poured out in their hearts. They're, they have a, a power. They're endued with power, that same power you and I have. And they're, and they're walking by the temple gate. And back then they would pray three times a day. I think it was 9, 3, and then there's another time they would pray. But this is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So they're walking to pray, and, they, and it was a custom to bring their offerings to the temple, to give their offerings, their money to, to the Lord. So they see, they see a lame man. He's crippled there. He's been crippled his whole life. We know in the scripture he's in his 40s. Not just crippled, but he's broke. And Peter and John walking past him. That man cried out. He said, he, he asked for money. He begged unto them. Peter and John said this, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. And then they said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And we know what happens. Miracle power of God, the, our God, the healing power of God, gets that crippled man up. He starts standing up for the first time. He starts walking for the first time. Then they said he starts leaping, and he's praising God. And it shook this whole area because they know that guy. They know he's been crippled. He's not faking it. They see God's miracle-working power on display. And he's walking, he's leaping, and he's praising God. That's our God. That's the God that we serve. Nothing is impossible only thing that will limit you in your life is what right here. I don't know about that. That's the Bible, but I don't think God can heal me. Hey, change the way you think. Get in the Word of God. Know that you serve a God where nothing is impossible. Well, my, my family had that. My, my, my mom had that, and her, her mom had that, and it's just going to carry on to me, and I'm going to have to live with that for the rest of your life. No, nothing is impossible to God. Renewing, that's what the Bible talks about, renewing your mind. You can read the Word, and your mind starts getting renewed. I remember I grew up not just in a Christian home, but a ministry family. I read the Bible here and there, not very often. And my family, we have get-togethers, Christmas, they, they all like to play games. My grandmother said, let's play games, girls versus guys. It gets pretty heated. Sometimes it wouldn't be girls versus guys. They would have captains, and they would pick. And I noticed I would always get picked last. I was like, what's up with this? Like, no, you can have Brandon. It's, it's, it'll be, it won't be even, but you can have an extra one. Put Brandon on that team. Like, what? <laughs> so I started getting in the Word of God. I'm, I'm reading it. I'm not even telling anybody. I'm studying it. Next thing you know, um, we're having another family get-together, and I get picked last, as usual. But this time, I'm answering all the right answers. I'm doing really good. And my grandmother looks at me and goes, you've gotten smarter. <laughs> what was it? My mind was being renewed. Now I was one of the best ones. The Holy Spirit will make you look smart. He'll make you a genius. But the Word of God renews your mind. You, you start thinking differently. You start having, you, you start thinking clearly. 
There's no fog. You know what to do. So this lame man, he's walking, leaping, praising God. Everyone's excited. That's a refreshing. His life has been refreshed, wouldn't you say? He's, that, that word refreshing means restored. His life has been restored. His whole life, he couldn't be like other kids running around. No, he's crippled, sitting there. But now he's walking, he's leaping and praising God. Now he gets to go to the park and run around. Everywhere else he's been carried. Now he's, he's probably, I'm sure he started jogging after that. So look at verse 16, Acts chapter 3, verse 16. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. So everyone's wondering, all the people there, how did this happen? We, we know he's been crippled. He's, he's now healed and whole, jumping and he's leaping and praising God. How did this happen? And Peter, John, Peter and John said this, verse 16, And on the basis of faith in his name, the name of Jesus, we sing about the name, on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health and complete wholeness in your presence. The name of Jesus has given him perfect health and complete wholeness in your presence. Let me tell you, that name still has power. Whatever you need, your perfect wholeness is in that name. Hallelujah. So verse 17, go down to verse 17. He says this, Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, not fully aware of what you were doing, just as your rulers did also. And so God has fulfilled what he foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ, Messiah, anointed, would suffer. So he's talking about Jesus dying on the cross. He's saying, you know what? You're the boys that cheered, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Remember, Pilate says, should I release him? They all cried out, no, crucify him, crucify him. Now Peter and John says, what you're doing here, what you did there, you acted out of ignorance. You need to have a change of heart. You saw this miracle? That Jesus is still alive today. That he's flowing through me. You acted in ignorance. But it said this was foretold by the mouth of all the prophets. Why? It was prophesied Jesus would come to live a perfect life for 33 years and die on the cross for you and I. It was prophesied. It was prophesied in Isaiah what Jesus would do. You know, Jesus, he didn't have the New Testament. He didn't read the New Testament. He read the Old Testament, and he saw himself in the Scripture. And he knew he was called to do what his father told him to do. And he knew top-level secret mission to die for you and I. And he said, not my will, God, your will. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, God, if this cup, let it pass before me. Why? He was in such suffering and agony. But he said, not my will, God, your will be done. Why? I'm here to be that perfect lamb. I'm here to redeem all mankind, to shed my blood. 
I don't deserve it. I haven't done nothing wrong, but I came to take their place. That's what he did. So Peter and John said this. It was, it was prophesied that he would suffer. Verse 19, so repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking. That's what happens when you repent. You change. You make a change in yourself. I don't want to do that again. I'm changing my old way of thinking. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. So he said that. Repent. Change your old way of thinking. Regret past sins and return to God. Seek his purpose for your life. You should always seek, God, what is my purpose? Not what I enjoy, but what you want me to do. What's my purpose, Father? So that your sins may be wiped away blotted out, and completely erased. Are you thankful that your sins are blotted out, completely erased? Amen. Thank God Pastor Carlos doesn't have to think about what he did when he was 20 years old in, in Mexico, or 17. No, completely erased. Washed away. It says this, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So when you repent, what's the results of that? A time of refreshing comes from the Lord. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you give your life to him, right away what happens is your old man is dead. You are a new creature, and a time of refreshing has entered into your life. That's why you see a lot of people that get saved, they're on fire for God, and they're so happy, so full of joy. They say, oh, there's no church Monday? Oh, I wish there was church Monday. I wish there was church Tuesday. I have to wait all the way to Wednesday. Why? Because they're experiencing a refreshing. They are so touched by God. Their lives are completely changed. We are called to live in this place. A complete refreshing. There's a lot of Christians, a lot of believers that are not living in a place of refreshing. They're discouraged. They're hurt. They're mad. It says this, a complete refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. Restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. We can walk. I want to encourage you, we can walk as Christians in a place every day that we are so refreshed by the presence of God. That we're not toiling, that we're not discouraged, that we're not trying, that we're not just going through life. And you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, I don't like what I see. No, you live in a place where you're so refreshed by Him and by His presence and the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Amen? Psalms 23, verse 3, you can just listen. David says this, you refresh and restore my soul. You are my shepherd and you refresh me. God wants us to live in this place of refreshing. Not to be set off. Not to leave church and you're all excited, you're encouraged, and then someone pulls out in front of you and gives you the number one sign. And you go, oh, that little boy, I'm getting them. You start going right on his bumper and you're cutting them off. No, that's not refreshing. When that happens to me, I say, oh, bless him, bless him. 
Why? The enemy's trying all the time to get you out of this place of refreshing. He'll use people. He'll use circumstances. You could be all happy. You go to the, you go to the restaurant, and the waiter has an attitude with you, and you want to give attitude back. No. Getting you out of this place of refreshing. What sets you off? The enemy is trying to set you off to get you in a place out of this refreshing. Where you're not happy, where now you're all mad. Now you're all, you're not just mad at that person, but you're also mad at your wife. She tries to talk to you and you say, stop. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Why? You've got to live in this place of refreshing. Don't let nothing set you off. If it takes you separating yourself from the situation, putting worship music on, getting in the Word of God and saying, Lord, help me, refresh me, then do it. You know, before I met Destiny, I was at a, a meeting my grandmother was hosting. It was a prayer meeting. And it was all, it was a ladies' conference. A whole bunch of women there. I was the only guy there. Why was I there? I don't know. I was there. At the time, I was working out all the time. I was working out trying to get real buff. Bigger the better. That's what I was working out. That was what I was focused on. So they're having this prayer meeting, and I'm, and I'm there, and all of a sudden my name was called. And they said, we need you to help catch people. You know what that means, right? When they're praying, and they, the Lord touches them, they fall down, and you have to catch them and put them to the ground. I've never done that ever in my life. Never caught so I go up, and the per first person, talk about trusting God, the first person I'm supposed to catch is really, 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 really big. <laughs> Here I am, like, I've been working now. I'm good. I got this. There's a, there's a skill to it. It looks easy, but you're not, you know, Pastor Carlos knows, you're not supposed to try to catch them with your arms. You're supposed to let them rest up on, let them kind of fall back on you, and then you kind of lay them down. There's no way you could catch a 200 or 300-pound per person with your arms. That's what that person was looking at, okay? So I'm there, and I'm like this. And she fell down, and I fell down with her. She was on top of me. And I look, and my everyone's laughing, losing it. The person praying was losing it. And they all let, they all walked out. They, a lot of them left. They were laughing so hard. Let me tell you, I still get reminded of that all the time. All the time. Hey, Brandon, you remember when that happened? But living in that place of refreshing, not to let it set me off or not to be like, oh, whatever. You? No, I was like, oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But the enemy wants to set you off. Our whole, my, my whole life, I've had people give me comments and tell me things. Not nice things. Now you want to be, I want to, naturally, you want to be like, they're Christians, they told me that. How dare them? But no, I'm living in this place of refreshing. It's not Jesus telling me that. He doesn't tell me stuff like that. But I want to live in a place where my eyes are upon him. Looking to him. Hallelujah. When my hair, I had my hair long. Do you guys remember that? I grew my hair out. Everyone would tell me, cut your hair. What's with your hair? Hey, 
living in this place of refreshing, not to get all worked up. But the enemy will use people, he'll use circumstances to try to get you out of that place that God has called you to live in. You see it with the children of Israel in the desert. They had shade during the day. That's like AC. He didn't have them out there suffering and sweating. I need water. I got water. I got waterfalls coming out of rocks for you. Enjoy. You got shade. You got water. The guys, I need protein, Jonathan. I need protein. I'm trying to look buff for my wife. I got protein. I got birds. I got manna falling from the, hev- from the heavens for you. I'm taking care of all your needs. What? Living in a place of refreshing. We got to live in that place. How do, how, do we, how do we step into that? How do we activate that? It's feeding your spirit, your inner man. How many know you have a body? You have a spirit, you have a soul, you have a body. When you, when you even have a funeral, you'll see your loved one in that casket. They're not there. They're little earth suits there. But you can tell that's not my, that's not my dad. That's not my mom. That's not my uncle. Kind of looks like him, but he kind of looks a little funny. Why? That's just his earth suit. The real him is up in heaven. The real her is up in heaven. That's just an earth suit. Then you have your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. Those, if you feed that all the time, you'll, you'll, go, you'll be crazy. But we're called to feed your spirit, your inner man, the real you. How do you feed him? By feeding on the word of God. who God has used mightily, men and women of God, they've had that concept. They know, I feed my spirit, and I starve my flesh. Your flesh wants to do things that feels good. I don't want to read the Word. I want to watch reality TV. I want to watch this. Nah, you know, feed on the Word of God. Because the more you feed your flesh, the, the appetite will get stronger and stronger and stronger. And you'll get to a place where you would never expect to be. Feed your spirit, starve your flesh. Kenneth E. Hagen said this, whatever you feed the most will dominate you. Whatever you feed on the most will dominate you. In Galatians I'll just talk about the scripture. You don't have to turn there. In Galatians chapter 6, it says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. But whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that sows to the flesh, shall the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit, shall reap life everlasting. If you sow to your flesh, if you give into your flesh, you're going to have the results of you're going to have corruption. You're going to be like a person you wouldn't even recognize. Feed your spirit, starve your flesh. And I've had, I've had people reach out to me lately, young guys, and they're completely lost. They're completely doing the craziest things. They're drinking, they're smoking. They're on all types of different medications. They're, going, they're getting sent away to these homes for three days to help their psychiatric stuff or whatever it is. They reached out to me. These are people that know the Word of God. These are people that know the Scripture, can quote Scripture to you. 
They know they can preach. They know the Word of God, but they're not in a place where they're living it. They're in a place where they're broken. They're discouraged. Even some of them want to take their own lives. They're reaching out to me. They say, Brandon, what, I need you to pray for me. What can I do? And I message them back. You've got to feed your spirit and starve your flesh. Right now, your flesh is big. Right now, your flesh is in control. Yeah, you feel discouraged, so what do you normally do? You go smoke. You go drink. Instead of that, you've got to get in the Word of God, and you've got to ask God to touch your life. You've got to reverse the process. Reverse the process. How did that happen? How did you get to a place where your flesh was so in control and not your spirit? Because your eye gates... What you, see with you, what you see with your eyes and what you hear with your ears, you've been seeing some things you shouldn't be seeing. You've been hearing some things you shouldn't be hearing. And what's that doing? Your flesh has gotten bigger than your spirit, man. And your flesh is in so control now where you're broken, you're disgusted with yourself, and you have no happiness, and your kids are suffering for it. Your little babies are suffering for it. Your wife is suffering for it. Why? Because you fed your flesh and not your spirit. Got to feed your spirit. Starve your flesh. Hallelujah. We're not called to be ponds, like a pond. We're not called to be ponds. We're called to be rivers. If you look at a pond, you'll see a pond that has moss all over it, dark and muddy, snakes all in it. If you jump in a pond, especially where I'm from, if you jump in a pond, you're going to probably get snake bit. All types of fish in there. And there's a lot of Christians that are ponds. They have, what is pond? It's, it's a static water. It's water just sitting there. Water that's just sitting there, no life, no freshness going into it. There's Christians and believers, they have no freshness. They're static. They're thinking about the past. They're thinking about the hurts. They did that to me. Oh, did you hear about that person? Yeah, that, that person, that preacher, I don't know how he preaches. He's crazy. What? Pawn, static, smelly, stinky. You jump in a pond, you're gonna, they're going to be some smell on you. But you jump in a river, a mighty river of God, you will not smell. It will take you. Yeah, you might have had some hurts. You might have been discouraged, but that river just takes it away. Hallelujah. And when you're in a river, you can't go backwards. You can't swim up current. No, it takes you. When you're in a pond, you can go backwards. Oh, that person did that to me. They hurt me. They discouraged me. They call themselves Christians. But in the river, you try to go backwards, and then boom, it takes you. We are called to be rivers, not ponds. Amen. Not to be static, but to have, be, be full. That's what, that's what living a refreshed life is, being full of vitality and energy and restoring. And it comes through Jesus. It comes through the Holy Spirit. Spending time with him where he's our priority. He's our everything. And nothing will set me off. If something does set you off, Lord, please forgive me. Help me. I want to be so full of love. I want to always have a smile on my face. I have a, I have a cousin, and he, he was in town. He was there for work, and he, 
he doesn't live where, this is when I was living in Missouri. He didn't live in Missouri at the time. So he's in town, and he had about a day there to, to be with us. So he doesn't have a car. He was there on work. So he goes, do you guys have a, a vehicle I can drive around in? In my family, we have this truck. It's a nice truck. It's an older truck. It's a farm truck. And it's always used just for farm, you know, out in the pasture. And so it's not always cleaned up. And, you know, it rains all the time. Sometimes in the summer it can rain. We were there. It rained 10 days in a row. So the, the back of the truck gets full of water. Well, we didn't have time. We didn't think about it. We didn't empty the bed so all the water could drain out. And it looked like a swamp in the back of that truck. It had hay in there. It stunk. And we, didn't, we totally forgot. We said, yeah, just take the truck. And it's a manual. It's a stick shift truck. So he's driving in our city. A little, and it's a tourist city, lots of people. He's driving around. He's trying to get warmed up to the, to the clutch and shifting. And he, he goes to Starbucks drive through And he said, Brandon, I'm there in drive through It's packed. And I look, and I see a swamp in the back of the truck. It looked like a swamp. And he's, he, you know, when you're driving a stick shift, it kind of rolls back. And he said, I was splashing water all over people's cars. Swamp water. Stinky water. No telling how long it's been there. And the guy at Starbucks, you know, he goes, Hey, your total is going to be 485. Uh, excuse me, sir. Do you realize you have a swamp in the back of your truck? This is what the guy said. And he got so embarrassed. He, we, you know, we we finally took the all the water out. But that's how a lot of Christians are. They're they're walking around like that, like how my cousin was with that truck, and they're full of swamp water, instead of giving life and being refreshing from the from the presence of the Lord. But they're just spilling. They're spewing all their old lives, all their old hurts, and all they're doing is 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 spilling out swamp water. We aren't called to to do that. We're called to be to bring life, to to be uh, to bring refreshing. Hallelujah. We're called to be a river. John chapter 7, verse 38. You can turn there. And we're going to close here. John chapter 7. He says this. Verse, let's look at verse 37. John chapter 7, verse 37. In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. What did I talk about that? If you need a refreshing, don't look to anyone else. What Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come unto me. That's our source of our refreshing, Jesus if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Not just drink once, but daily. Lord, I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you. Start, I'm doing this job and might not be comfortable, but I, I need you. I need you. To, I'm thirsty. I come and I drink from your presence. I drink from your word. Thank you for helping me. 
yeah, I got mad earlier. I got, I know I did, Lord. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your mercy. I come, I need, I need you. I need you, I need you to, to refresh me. Any man that comes to me and drink, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38, he that believes on me. So as we believe on him, any he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, out of his innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. Called to be a river, not to be a pond, not to be stagnant, not to be smelly, not to be hurt, not to be discouraged. But as you believe on me, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers, not one river, multiple rivers, multiple rivers of living water. That's the Holy Spirit, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. He flows in you, through you, to effect everyone else around you. It's not just for you just to be in this place, but so everywhere you go, people will be affected, not by your personality, Either that's God-given, that, that can help, but out of the innermost being, the Holy Spirit flowing through you, and it will affect other people's lives. Not to be pawn, not to be spilling swamp water everywhere on everybody else, but flow with rivers of living water. Just a couple days ago, Destiny and I, we went down to Beverly Hills, something I was believing God for. And uh, we knew we were supposed to go buy it. So I went to go buy it. And I'm there, and a young guy was helping me. And I'm not there thinking about Jesus, you know. I'm just there enjoying the moment. Uh, it's not like I was praying in the spirit, worshiping God. I was just there. And the guy asked me, he's like, what do you do? I said, uh, I, I preach about Jesus. Talk about his love to people. He looked at me, he goes, wow. He goes, do you bless people? I don't think he knew what I was talking about. I was like, yeah, bless people. You know, God's the blesser. He's, he's the blesser. Talk about him, and he loves you. And he, he goes, can you encourage me right now? Here at this store, he goes, can you encourage me? What? Me being what? Having the rivers of living water flowing from me. What if I was a pond saying, you know, I, I don't know about that. You know, you don't need me. No. The rivers, Holy Spirit flowing from me. So I started encouraging him. I said, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He, you have dreams and desires in your heart. Those will be fulfilled. He starts weeping there, crying at the store. Weeping. He says, you have no idea how much I need to hear this. What is that? That's me having the rivers of living water flow from me. And God wants that for you. He wants you to be refreshed. How are you going to refresh people if you're not refreshed yourself? You can't give anything you don't have. But you living in that place where you say, Lord, refresh me, help me, encourage me. So wherever I go, even at work, I can be used to refresh other people. But first, touch me, Lord. Refresh me. Use me. Hallelujah. Thank you for checking out our podcast. For more information on His Name Ministries, check out our website at hisnameministries.com or check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Have a blessed day.